The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me today as I go live on the interwebs. I'm Diane Ray. I'm really glad you guys are listening, whether you're joining me live here every Wednesday at 1 Pacific, 3 Central, 4 Eastern, or you're catching me on the podcast. I'm glad you could tune in. We're going to have an awesome conversation today and just try to overcome our fears. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of friends lately and we're all just ready to, you know, snap and dealing with everything that's going on with the upcoming election, the pandemic. A lot of people are feeling lost and overwhelmed. And if you're in that category, you're not alone. Trust me. <laughs> I'm feeling the same thing. So in these uncertain times, it's really hard to move forward with things. And sometimes it seems like we're all just trying to hold it together. So really starting anything new, moving forward with the project, finding a job, relationships, all of that stuff, there can be a lot of fear around that. And my guest today is going to help us reframe those feelings and move past our fears of the unknown. Nancy Picard is an author and a master life coach whose passion is to help people move past their fears and create a bigger, better, braver life. Nancy climbed Mount Kilimanjaro at age 61, rebuilt her life after a devastating divorce, and she describes it all in her book entitled Big better, braver. And she offers a step-by-step guidance for us to follow along with stories and examples in the book from people who've been able to move past their fears and live life to the fullest. So I'm really happy to welcome Nancy to the show today. I'm glad you could join us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, it's interesting that our paths have not crossed, Nancy, because as I was reading your book, so many familiar names popped up to me. It was so fun to read. So I was told initially to contact you by a good friend of mine, Kate Yen, and she said you were the best. And when Kate and I talk about things like that, I, I always listen. So I've been reading your book and really enjoying it, Bigger, Better, Braver. And one of the first things that stood out was that you were a student of Debbie Ford and eventually became a master coach with the Ford Institute. And I love Debbie Ford. Um, her book, you know, the the light chasers, spiritual divorce, um, courage. I mean, she's just was such an amazing teacher and I loved her so much and I got to spend some time with her during my Hay House days. So I always love to chat about Debbie. And I just wanted to start out, find out a little bit about your journey and, you know, how you came to Debbie's teachings and came to do what you do, because this wasn't the plan, right? I mean, life, life no, never really is. <laughs> this wasn't what you were, you know, you were planning to do. Uh, no, it was not. I had been married for 26 years, and I owned a personal training gym while I was married. And then um, after my divorce, I moved to Colorado. I wasn't really working at all. Years went by. I was engaged to another man in Colorado. And when we broke up, I read Debbie's book, The Spiritual Divorce. And while I was reading the book, I realized I want to get myself a spiritual divorce coach and I'm going to become a spiritual divorce coach because I had already been a wellness coach from after my personal training years. And so I, I really hadn't thought I was going to go back to work ever, which is part of the being bigger, better, braver. But um I read Debbie's book and that just started me off. So I coached, I got coached for almost a year actually. And then I started the coaching training and then I am certified in every single one of Debbie's modalities and every single book has another certification. And then I started to mentor and then I mentored her, you know, the students, Debbie actually was passing as I was coming into it. And there were a lot of things, you know, that I, I met people that were very close to Debbie. And so I was aware that she was dying, even though I really wasn't part of anything yet. And, wow. 
And then that just started it. And then uh, the reason I know Kate is that I'm mentoring her now in the new program. So if you're a part of Hay House, you know Nancy Levin, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. And so Nancy now has her own certification program that actually incorporates Debbie's work as well. So for me, it was a smooth move over as the Ford Institute really took a breather and was not coaching anymore, was not training anymore. Nancy picked up the slack and I just moved with other coaches over and I was the lead mentor at um, the Ford Institute and I just became the lead mentor for Nancy's new program. And and Kate was one of my students. Oh, she, well, she she's the best. I, I love her so much. And it's great. been so great to see Debbie's teachings kept alive because I used to sit and just listen to her. She did a, a radio show, you know, with Hay House for a while. And I would just listen to her interact with people and with callers on the phone. And it was it was so it was so great, sometimes very uncomfortable to listen to. And sometimes people would call after and they would be like triggered or come like, how could she say that to me? You know, but she would always be in in love and, and in truth when she would interact with people and always want the best for them. And just some I so many cool stories. I, I could share as and as, as she got closer to her transition one, one thing I will share which I thought was so amazing is that she had called um, us at the the radio station and hey Huston, she's like what do you guys want for lunch I'm like oh I don't know get the guys a pizza you know so what she ended up doing is that she called uh, she ordered a pizza truck <laughs> that came to Hay House and everybody in the company she bought everybody pizza you know it was just so it was so funny to see people's faces when this truck pulled up they're like what's going on go oh that's debbie's pizza okay this is what we're getting but she would just do stuff like that and just was such a story yeah she was just such an amazing person and the other cool thing about her teachings is watching you know the evolution of nancy who was the event planner at hay house you know for over a decade the time that i was there and i watch Nancy at events and you know as she went through her transition not transition transformation I should say and watching her become you know such a a powerful teacher and author in her own right has just been so incredible so I know that what you're talking about in the book this stuff can work I've seen it you know I've I've seen it happen so it's it's really cool to to talk to you about this and it's so great that you're teaching all these things and and helping people on their journey and I'm loving the book I mean I'm I've read through most of it and I'm so started doing some of the exercises so it's really something that people can sit with for a little while you know like you'll I've kind of read through it but I want to go back and I really want to spend time on the exercises and the meditations it's very experiential which I like. And I think this is really going to help a lot of people. And one of the first exercises that I did in the book is the one to get people to think more courageously. And it's to list five things that you were afraid to do, but did anyway. So I thought, I'm not really the most courageous, but let me think about it. (laughs) So I wrote down, you know, some of these things and, and it was interesting, you know, some things came up and came to light, you know, fears that I hadn't even realized I had, and actually one that I was just dealing with this week, you know, so I think this exercise is so great for people who think that they have no courage or they haven't done anything courageous in their whole life. And we're so hard on ourselves, right? You know, these exercises really help to help us to see our accomplishments. And so I was curious, like as you were going through, you know, the work with, with Debbie Ford and, and trying to overcome your own fears, what did this exercise do for you? Because I'm sure you did all these well, things. I first, actually right? didn't do that particular exercise But what I will tell you is that when my clients do that exercise, they they not only can come up with things, even when they think that they can't, but then those things turn out to be their like greatest moments. So there's a connection between stepping outside your comfort zone, even when you're afraid. And then what happens? Because it's like, the end game is so much sweeter because you've actually propelled yourself someplace that you didn't think you'd go. And so they were, I mean, and it's so, they're almost like naive about it. They'll be like, you know, it's really interesting, but those things that I did, like those were some of the greatest things I ever did. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point, you know? 
Right. So that's why that exercise um, is amazing. And I think, you know, it's, what's interesting is that Debbie's work, um, she talks about courage, obviously. Uh, she doesn't really, I mean, she tell what, what Debbie does, and, and so do I, obviously, is to help you recognize that your fears are not going to go away. But if you can figure out where they came from, you can basically have faith in the universe, that you're supported by the universe, that everything happens for a reason, and so that whatever is going to happen is actually supposed to happen for the evolution of your soul. And so instead of thinking you might fail, you recognize that, well, even if I do fail, that's just a stepping stone to my success. So you can start to recognize that you are very supported by the universe and it frees you, really frees you from being too afraid. So I tell my clients that they need to get comfortable being uncomfortable because there's no growth in the comfort zone, none. That's why it's so comfortable. That's so true. And it just really brought home for me just how uncomfortable I've been for the past couple of years, you know, just working on some big projects and uh, another one I'm working on now. I mean, even just the growth of Unity Online Radio, just working on that and, and, you know, the uncomfort of going through that. But then now looking back three years later of of where we are and where we're going, it, it does it does make you feel really good. And it's so funny when I was doing that exercise, like a fear that came up so I'm working on something else and my fear is math and numbers and that I I can't understand it I can't do it and I was so frustrated all day yesterday because I was trying to deal with something that that involved that and I thought about it a lot and I'm like wow you know this this really goes back because I can remember hating math all through school always thinking I couldn't do it and getting back those red X's on you know on on math problems and and assignments my whole life and and all through school I took the easy way out you know I did like business math or you know I would call it math for dummies where you you just did you know the minimum and so I'm really trying to and and that's come up again now you know at at this age so I was kind of uh, trying to grapple with that you know as I was doing doing the some of the exercises so it's interesting what comes up you know some of those things I can help you with that I know. I think I'm going to be calling you after this. I need need some help. because What happens is that you made a belief about yourself and math as a young child. And so I I don't, you know, without working with you, I don't know what that belief is, but it's something about I'm not good in math. You know, I need to stay away from math or for me to be safe. I need to not do math. Like I there's something about you and math. You made a belief around it. And what happens is that belief, you don't know you have it. It's in the, it's in the, um, it's in your subconscious. It happens in a moment, but that belief becomes part of your operating system. And you actually attract situation after situation to prove your limitation is true. So it's almost like you're wearing a lens of the only seeing the negative. Like if you do something well with math, you won't even notice it. But you do notice every time you don't do something right. And it keeps you keep calling you in like here you are. I don't know how old you are, but look at this. You're still calling in situations to make you feel like you're not good in math. No, that's absolutely true. You nailed it, you know. So I'm I'm like 50, you know, something. And and for this to come up now again, I, I, st- I just had this realization, you know, as I was reading it and doing the exercise, there it is again, you know. I I still I still don't like it. I still have that fear that you know, people will you think I'm, I'm stupid. I'm yeah. Right. I'm stupid. Right. Dumb. Yeah. So what you have to do is really recognize that you are now an adult and that even though that that commitment to like like you made an underlying commitment to yourself to never do math. All right. To like stay away from math. So nobody will know. That's really what it is. I'm not going to do math. So nobody will know I'm stupid. 
And so you stay away from that. But what happens now is that you have to recognize that that belief and that underlying commitment, they were put in place to keep you safe. And they probably did keep you safe because you didn't do math as a young kid. So nobody knew that you weren't really good in it. But now as an adult, you have to recognize that it's no longer keeping you safe. It's only keeping you small. And so you have to take that belief and give yourself a new empowering belief that your 50-year-old self can handle. I'm really smart and I can be good in math. Because obviously, if you're still not good in it and you want to strengthen it, you'll get help. You'll learn to be better at it. You'll learn to be you you've learned to do amazing things correct yes this I, is I just will, i will say that yeah <laughs> and this is like the one thing that i think always will you know i keep it keeps coming up i mean I, I have been able to manage like i have bank accounts i i manage that you know i know how to use a calculator and and get around it and fake it and that kind of thing i hire an accountant you know i don't do my own taxes <laughs> I'm right, not crazy. But you still have the belief. So your wounded <laughs> yes. child inside needs to make peace and know that you can keep her safe and she no longer needs that very disempowering belief. That's really all well, I'm gonna let down it go. Yeah. yeah. See, this is great. I'm getting I'm getting a whole session. I'm gonna be open coaching. this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Free coaching. I'm gonna be able to, you know, I'll be whipping out the algebra in no time but i i I always envied you know like i would see these movies like goodwill hunting and i thought oh wouldn't it be amazing to just be able to go to the blackboard and scribble out these you know incredible equations and just be able to immediately just understand it and wrap your head around it so anyway well there are you know there i am admitting my my fear and my flaws to to everybody here on the radio show but see we've all got stuff that we're dealing with right Maybe math or, you know, and that's why it's so great that you're out there in the world, you know, doing what you're doing. And so I wanted to shift a little bit. We've got about 10 minutes uh, before the break and just kind of steer it to, you know, the the present moment of what we're doing right now, you know, with this pandemic. And I have, uh, you know, a couple of friends that have lost jobs due to this. And it's just interesting to see people's reaction of the situation that we're in right now. So two really good friends that both lost their jobs due to the pandemic. One person is taking the bull by the horns. So she's taking online seminars, redoing her resume, learning about LinkedIn and all these other things. The other person is completely paralyzed. She can't even get it together to write a resume. She just avoids it completely, you know, probably drinking a little bit too much as well, judging from some of the phone calls that I've gotten late, you know, later at night of her wanting to chat. And I feel really bad. I know she's in pain. I mean, she had the same job for 19 years and I'm sure a lot of people are in this position. You know, you're, you're hit with this big life change and it, and just interesting how some people are handling it very differently. And, and what would you say to someone like that? So if I sent her to you, you know, as the client, like what could, at least get her shocked or motivated to take that first step? Well, first of all, everyone has different reactions to the pandemic. So it's it's like we're all in our own boat, but we're all going down the same river, but we're not all in the same boat. You know, some of us, like, for example, my book launched right right when, you know, COVID was, was hit. So my entire going and doing um, going to all the different cities and doing book tours and all of that. I mean, out the window. So I could have been like, oh my God, I've been working on this book for three years. How can this be happening? But instead I pivot and I say, all right, how can I look at this differently? What can I do? So you have your one friend who is becoming the co-creator. She's not the victim in the situation. She's picking herself up and she's moving forward. The friend who's, who's stuck, she's, she, she can't get out of her own way. She's actually, she's, she's the victim in her story. And so she can't even pivot to look for what's right instead of what's wrong. Like if you can believe that everything happens for a reason and you can get out of your, out of that victimhood, maybe there's something waiting for you that never would have come your way if you didn't lose your job. So instead of being stuck in this, maybe this happened 
for you and not to you. So I help right. people see how to look for things, how to look for what's right instead of what's wrong, but also to, you know, you're going to have a roller coaster of emotion. There's no way that that's not going to happen. So if you if you live in the worst case scenario, that's what you're going to get because you get what you put your attention on. And those worst case scenarios hardly ever happen. I mean, so if you can take off those what's wrong glasses and put on your what's right glasses, you can shift everything. And I'm not poly- right. I'm not trying to be like Pollyanna about this. I mean, we've all lived it and there's a lot of scary things that are happening. But there are a lot of good things that have come out of this pandemic. There really are. And how you look at it plays a big part of this. So it's even interesting to look at yourself and say, am I resilient or am I not? And if I'm not, how can I be more resilient? What can I do differently? Right. Resilience is so key. And it is so interesting to see how people are reacting to, to this situation, um, you know, and, and like those those two examples, it's very, very true. You know, these things are happening and I'm watching people watching this all unfold and in, in my own life, too. You know, and, and like you said, we're all in the same situation, but not necessarily in the same boat. You know, I have another friend who's loving it. She's like, I think this is the best thing that's ever happened. I don't have to leave the house. I'm doing projects. I'm redecorating like you know, for her, this is great. <laughs> it's like she, she's not been great seeing any negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been great for a lot of people who never thought they could work from home, and they are. But then, of course, then you've got people whose children are home 24-7 now. I mean, so you can't judge, but, but mm-hmm. it is all about resiliency. And it's all about checking in with yourself to see, you know, how are you resilient? And if not... What can you do? Because you have to be able to get out of your own way if you want to be different. And if you're going to live in your excuses and you're always going to be pointing a finger at why things are not working, why the situation, the circumstances bringing you down, well, then that's where you're going to stay. Unfortunately, that's what you're going to get more of. Well, I love what you say about excuses in the book. And you say excuses are nothing more than lies we tell ourselves. And that really resonated with me when I read that, you know, and and I don't want to keep excusing myself for, for things. I mean, you know, it's a, and it's a a pattern, right, that we can fall into. And we believe that's a pattern, but there's, there's usually some iota of truth in our excuse, you know, like somebody will say, I, you know, I, I've always wanted to go on a trip. I've always wanted to travel. Maybe not right now, but in general, they've always wanted to take a trip to Europe. And But I don't have the money. Well, so there's truth in that. They don't have the money. But if they actually started putting away $25 a week, whatever, instead of spending it on other things, because we all spend our money differently and a lot of times We spend it on autopilot without even recognizing it. So if you really want to do something and you started to put money away, eventually you would take that trip. So let's say it took you five years. Well, you are going to be five years older with or without the trip. Why not be be it with the trip? So when you get out of your, you know, if you start to live in an excuse free zone, you can see how you can do things differently. That's such a great exercise that you share in the book, too. I love that because that's always everybody's go to. Whenever I hear an excuse, a lot of times it's financial. Well, I can't do that. I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And like you said, well, there is a or my kids truth. need me or my husband needs me or my wife needs me or I'm too old. Right. Or my time right. is, you know, my time has come and gone. Yeah. And those are horrible beliefs to have, you know, and I especially mm-hmm. hate the I'm too old one. And and you blew that one out of the water, you know, by climbing right Kilimanjaro <laughs> at 61. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, you know, being working with Louise Hay, you know, being around Louise, that was one thing I always noticed about her. And she passed, what, 92, I think it was. But, I mean, she would be in her 80s and take ballroom dance classes and paint and 
always learning, you know, and, and she never felt that she was too old. And there's so many other stories of people, you know, Colonel Sanders had failure after failure, and then finally, you know, hit with his chicken recipe. <laughs> I think he was in his 60s as well. So holding on to those beliefs is so detrimental for us and, and just holds us back from really being truly happy. I mean, I bet if someone told you, you know, in your 20s or 30s that you would climb that mountain at 61, you know, what do you think you would have said at that, <laughs> that revelation? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I was a personal trainer, so um, I might have thought so. But if you had told me that I was going to be an author of an international best-selling book and a master life coach and, you know, having a full-fledged career at 64, I would have said no way. I would right. I would have it wasn't in it wasn't in my bandwidth of even what I wanted for myself. So Isn't that amazing? I, I love yeah. that. I mean I love transformation and just people seeing what's possible. And when we come back from the break, uh, we might take some calls, got some people joining the show. And if you'd like to talk to Nancy and maybe get, you know, shake some fear, shake off some cobwebs that might be holding you back. 816-251-3555 is the number to get in, in touch with us and join the conversation. So is that okay with you, Nancy? Maybe do sure. some, I'd love it. you know, quick, immediate coaching with people. Yeah. I love we'll laser coaching. Right. Bring it on. Laser coaching. Yeah, I love that term. Well, we'll do that in just a few minutes. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I'm Diane Ray talking with master coach and author Nancy Picard. And she's the author of Bigger, Better, Braver. Come back and join us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for coming back after the break. I'm Diane Ray talking with Master Life Coach Nancy Picard about her amazing new book. I'm really loving it, spending some time with it, doing the exercises. You know, there's always something new to learn. The book is Bigger, Better, Braver. And we were chatting a little bit uh, over the break. And Nancy, I wanted you to tell people a little bit about your online course that you've got coming up. That people Great, can I would love to. sign up so, for. Yeah. I built this course so it would be group coaching instead of one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is what I normally do, but it follows the book and it actually will take you from beginning to end on how to uncover your vision, how to uncover your disempowering beliefs and make a plan and take responsibility for your choices and get out of autopilot. It's a step-by-step -step guide, but it comes with um, weekly, all automated, a workbook, audio lessons, exercises for you to do, a private Facebook group for everyone to talk amongst themselves and to ask me questions. And then it comes with 11 weeks of one on, of Zoom group calls so that you're doing the work on your own, but then you come to the call and I coach everybody and I answer every questions and I dig deeper. So I'm really excited about it. The door is just open. Um, you can sign up up until the 26th of October and it starts November 2nd and you could go to my website or you could go to nancypicardlifecoach.com slash yes and that will take you right to the sign up page so I'd love to That's have great. you it for you know the general population of people who maybe can't afford one-on-one -on -one coaching or like the community of being in a group and this is a way that I could bring it to you and give back. And I'm really excited about it. Well, if anyone's listening out there and they're ready to take a step, make that change, and you get all that great support of people in the community, in the group with you, check it out, nancypicardlifecoach.com. And let's see you in action a little bit here, <laughs> Nancy in the wild, and do some <laughs> laser coaching with uh, one of our callers. So let's grab Maria. And she's calling from uh, California, San Francisco. And Maria, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in today. 
Hi, good afternoon. I'm a first-time caller, so I'm learning about you both. So thank you so much for taking my call. Well, I've thanks been for having joining a us. lot to, <laughs> to deal with, so I've been trying to figure out what exactly my question is because I've had to deal with health issues for so long, most of my life, and then abusive primary fam- familial relationships that I'm still living with right now. And I was recently told that it's okay to dream, it's okay to live, it's okay to focus on me and to go from surviving to thriving. They're very controlling. Um, They're very narcissistic, which I didn't think they were. I recently realized they were. Um, And still abusive, but also a source of help. And I appreciate that part. Um, I've had illnesses and disabilities as a result of all my history. And so I've focused on that and and still am. Um, And I'm trying to relearn myself, how to take care of myself better, but also knowing that I need to move. And I've been knowing that, but it's a matter of getting to that point and finding where and how to make that happen. And So let me, okay let me just with... ask a question real quick. So for the controlling part, was that parents? Are you talking about your parents or family? Uh, there was abuse with my parents. They have recently passed on and it's with other siblings oh okay so nancy what are you with other siblings right now trying to get out trying to figure out a way to get on your own but you've been living with your siblings because you have health issues i'm just trying to get the picture okay i uh we have all lived with each other continuously after schooling um my parents had health issues too i had health issues and we just um kept moving to different places together, and then my parents were not able to take care of themselves. I was helping too, but also not being able to take care of myself. Um, Eventually, I did get financial assistance from the government a little bit, and I was not going to move to the latest residence, which ended up being their new home. Um, But I didn't get my living situation clear uh, and last minute, I ended up coming here. I was going to not stay, but I ended up staying so I could continue to focus on my health, but also help out with my parents. Okay, but so your parents they, are gone now, and you're still living with siblings that are narcissistic, and basically, mm-hmm. are they abusive, or was your parents that were abusive? Yeah, yeah Which, they are too. What? They the all siblings? Yes. Okay, so getting out of a, an abusive too. situation? So it's, dealing, it's dealing with their energy, and I am a sensitive empath, and so it's dealing with their energy. I try to avoid them as much as possible, but I still get the rude behavior, the inconsiderate behavior, the walking all over me, and they don't care. So I, I started to try and speak up, because I had stopped speaking, and that's what made me ill. I used to not have a problem speaking up. I'd speak my mind, but it wouldn't change anything. And then now I have some money from the state, but I'm still fighting with the state. I'm still fighting with everybody. I've given up on trying to get health care from Medi-Cal, but I'm still dealing with the energy of everything and trying to deal with a small space to go through my stuff to move. And they don't understand that. My family doesn't understand that. There's a lot to go through. They can see it, but to logic, the logic of, the logic of it doesn't permeate. It only applies to them. <laughs> and so, well, so this is a way bigger problem than I can, I can help you fix in it a few minutes. But I can tell you that you, the first thing you need to do is set a boundary with what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And nobody can cross your boundary except for you. So if you set a boundary that something is unacceptable and then you have to make a change yourself. So it sounds something like this. Um, I feel very disrespected. So you make it about you. I feel very disrespected when you do X that X is, would you be willing to do Y? 
Like I feel very disrespected when you, what do they do that, that makes you feel so bad? Give me an example of a single example of something they do that you wish they didn't do. There's been several things. I, um, I completely clean up after myself. They leave a mess and then they blame me for their mess. They'll have people come to the house and don't tell me that there's going to be people coming over to the house and disregard anything I'm trying to do whether I'm trying to rest. They don't understand that I need to rest to be able to heal my body um, that I can just do it when they're not here, when I already revolve every single minute of the day around them. They were doing construction so, on the house so and then tell me something about, I feel very disrespected when you don't tell me when, when people are coming to the house because I need to be rest, would you be willing to let me know when people are coming to the house? Very simple. And, and they're either going to do it or they're not. Then you have to have a plan B. And the plan B, you'll have to come up with what your plan B is. But maybe it is time for you to leave. And so otherwise, you're going to stay a victim in this story with all the reasons why, but they are who they are. Like none of you are children anymore. They are who they are. They're probably not going to change much. The dynamic of you and your family is what it is. And I guess I would work towards what can you do to get out of there? Right. Take a step, yeah, right? Maybe, maybe give Maria, maybe give Dave Maria said, a yeah. step to that she can use to, to start to look for places to get out, you know, to get out of that, that it's living situation. That seems really toxic. Yeah. It feels like yeah, it's it very toxic. I mean, do you have other family other than that? Do you have friends? I mean, I don't really, you no. know, it's a longer conversation no. than a no. quick little, I can't put a bandaid on this kind of a situation, yeah. but if we were working together, I would be able to help you, dial down and see what your options are. But you, you know, we always have more options than we think we do. And it doesn't really seem like they're, they're going to make changes or you, because you've been asking already, but either you have to set boundaries around it and then be willing to act on it. So if you don't do this, I'm going to move out, but you have to be prepared that you can move out. That's the point. They already said the one that's the most problem has did say um, she really she didn't feel all those issues were a big of a problem that they had helped me enough and done a lot for me. So if I don't like it, I can leave. How many siblings right. are there, and how old are you all? Uh, we're over forty. So this goes deep, I'm sure, Nancy. This dynamic yeah. has been around yeah. for a long time. And none of you, you're all over 40, but none of you have gotten married and you're all still living together. Yeah, we did because of my parents needing help. And then, like I said, they just passed on. But I try not to speak to them or interact with them, but I try to work on forgiving and energy work. But uh, we still have to deal with my parents passing and everything related to that. So we have to interact and it makes it very challenging. Um, How long so it's kind of leaving notes for messages or if that or neglect purposely neglecting to tell me certain things that I should know. Um, and that's what really bothers me because there's two of them and one of me and they'll talk to each other and tell each other what immediately what's going on and then I may find out <laughs> something and how long has it been past. since your parents passed um it um, my mother just recently passed two years ago so two Don't years ago it's actually a very long time it's not a little mm -hmm. amount of time like my father passed a year ago and it feels like it's a long time so two years to still be living in this situation it's a long time. I feel like you need to figure out how to get out of there. Did yeah. your parents leave the three of you money? Um, not really. Okay. You might need so. to move into another place and get roommates, try to take a room in somebody else's home. I mean, it, it seems to me like living with a stranger would be better off than living with your siblings. 
I had been looking and then I stopped because I hadn't been finding anything. And then the fires hit in almost every region I was looking at. And so um, I'm having to reevaluate right now and figure out yeah, where you know, San Francisco is one of the most expensive places to live. Mm-hmm. You might want to think about relocating and and then actually just getting a room. Do you work? No. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm just getting Social Security right now. You take care of yourself, correct? I can still take care of myself? Is that the question? Sorry, the phone cut off. Yeah, my question is, do you, can you live alone? Can you take care of yourself? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just depends on how much the rent is. No, no, I mean, can you, can you live without somebody caretaking you? Yes, yes. Okay, then I would suggest living with anybody else is going to be healthier than living with your two 40-year-old siblings who are not going to change the way you're all interacting. And mm-hmm. getting out of San Francisco, you know, being bigger, better, braver, and making the choice to live in a place that's not one of the most expensive places in the world to live, and moving to a place and maybe just getting a roommate, seeing who, where, who else you can live with. Because I honestly, I think sharing a house or sharing a roommate you know, situation is gonna feel a lot better than this is. Right, absolutely. My, my yeah. I'm aware of that, yeah. Well, Maria, let me give you Nancy's website. I'm going to put I'm going to put you on hold real quick. Nancy's website is nancypicardlifecoach.com. And I mean, there's just so much to unpack there, Maria. I wish we could go into it a little bit more. But I mean, there's I think probably the, the first step, though, Nancy, you gave you gave Maria some good advice. I mean, just take those steps like we were talking about saving for getting the vacation, you know, well, maybe save a little bit. I mean, I know, I think she said she was on assistance or social security, you know, save a little bit, maybe reach out to people if there's a roommate situation, because yeah, San Francisco, forget it. It's it's so expensive, but there may be places in Oakland or outside of that, or, you know, some other, some other cities around there, Petaluma or something like that, where, you know, you could get back into the city if you had to for meetings and that kind of thing. But I think definitely, you you would agree too. She would have to get out of that toxic situation of living yeah, with the siblings. Yeah, I, 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 it seems like it's very toxic all the way around, and that they're all still living together two years after the parents passed, but not in a good way. Um, it, do, do your siblings work? No, I put I put her on on hold. Oh. The call on hold because I think it would be just a longer conversation. Yeah. You know, there's just there's just so much going on there. But I think yeah. just the first steps of overcoming the fear of getting you know getting your own place, saving a little bit, however long it takes, you know, incrementally to work towards that goal of getting at first you know extricating yourself yeah. from that situation. Yeah. You know, but being in that in that in that situation with siblings like that that seems like it's been going on for years and years like that the dynamics that are in place have been there for a long time correct it's it's you not know? an easy fix but but it's a doable fix and she does need yes. to set also but it you know that's a big conversation for this kind of a situation right right i mean i could just <laughs> see it was it was getting to be a little more com- yeah. a little more complicated maria mm-hmm. so we want to we want to help um, but definitely more than what we could do on this show. But still right. interesting. And In Maria, thank you so show. much for sharing your your story and and being so honest. And I think trying to overcome that fear of, you know, living alone or taking those steps to to get out of that situation. You know, again, yes, we're back I mean, to trying to, to overcome she was some fear. That she's trying to do because she's an empath and she's trying to heal herself, but she's also trying to keep good thoughts and do her own work around it is great. But when you've got like an energy vampire that's, or two energy vampires that are living there full time, it's, it's ongoing, you know, it's, it's, it's oppressive. So I think you should try to get out of there. I mean, it just sounds like a horrible situation. Absolutely. And for someone who's really affected by that, by, 
you know, people's, people's energy, people that are really empathic, you know, it's, it's hard, I know. But we're, we're feeling you, Maria. <laughs> Definitely, there's hope, there is hope. People can change. I mean, I've just, I've seen uh, so much. Of course. I mean, she has to be, around. she has to empower herself. I mean, that's the problem. She can't stay a victim in that home thinking that they're being mean to her and they're not taking care of her and they're not listening to her. She has to take it. She has to stand up for her own self and get out of there, make her own decisions. You right, know, absolutely. I mean, I just think they're 40 years old. It's not going to, nothing's going to change. Right. Well, and I just know, too, dealing with siblings, I mean, just looking at my own, you know, my own family and and family dynamics and things like that. And that stuff runs deep, you know, it's uh, things that have been in place for a long time. But, you know, it can change. I mean, and just to share something I've been through, like I have a younger brother who's five years younger. And, you know, growing up, we weren't always super close because I was older, I was out of the house. And, you know, we've had our differences over the years. But just recently, over the past, you know, two years, where we've opened up the, the doors of communication and have actually become a lot closer, where, you know, we call each other and enjoy each other's conversations, where we never did that before, you know, so it, it's, it's That's really great. nice That's to be great. able to have that relationship now, you know, as adults, where we didn't really have it when we were younger, right. when we were kids, you know, so things can shift and change if, if you open up and, you know, we've had some blowouts. I mean, I've talked about it on the show. There was, you know, the Christmas blowout of 2013. Right. It was, a, it could have been a movie, you know, but, but things, some, I think good eventually did come out of that, you know, some, some things were out in the open, things were discussed and, and it can, it can change, you know, things can change. And, and he's a, and he's a good guy. So <laughs> we were able to overcome well, that's those a happy ending. That's a good story. Yes. I mean, the thing with siblings are that you're brought up in, in the same household. And so there are many qualities that you develop or that you've decided are not right and that you disown them, but maybe your sibling didn't. So like, let's say you had a very weak mother you might think, I will never be that. But then your sister is that. And so then you don't see it in you because you've disowned that quality and you become like this super strong, you know, superpower woman because you don't want anyone to know that deep down inside you are weak. So you hide it from yourself and the world. But then your sister who is weak triggers you because that's what happens. We get triggered by the qualities that we've disowned. So that's why siblings are like, can other people can look at them and think they're very much the same, but they don't see it in themselves. And so they get triggered and they fight and, you know, that there's good work in siblings that I can tell you. There's a lot of juicy, good work to to heal yourself through your siblings. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I'm so fascinated with family of origin stuff and, you know, and just looking looking, peeling back the layers of, of my own relationships, mm-hmm. you know, with, with my siblings and, oh yeah, I definitely see things that could be triggering, you know, from, from my parents, yeah. like I'll see my father and my brother, you know, and that kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it is, it, it's really interesting, but I hope Maria can take some steps and, and work through that. Cause it's, it's definitely a sticky thing, you know, and something yeah, that we, could, we couldn't really fix you know, in, in the time that we had here for the show. So we've got about five minutes left. I mean, there's so many things that I wanted to talk to you about with the book. I just, I really love the book. So I really hope people will pick this up. Very experiential, take some time with it. I mean, I'm going to go back and work through some of the other exercises that, you know, I didn't have time to really go through getting ready for the interview. But one thing I did want to chat about is, you know, you you talk about the power of mantra and affirmations and and just being a you know big fan of Louise and I I do try to use affirmations all the time but to be honest you know I'm not sure they're always working you know I sometimes I lose hope I mean how do you use affirmations just in your daily life Well I like to do I, there's there's two exercises that I like to do a lot and one is etching and one is tapping and so um, it's quicker if I tell you about the etching because we only have a few minutes left. But so you take an affirmation, which might be 
I love myself or I'm all I need or I'm whole or I'm worthy. And then you close your eyes and you just etch the letters I am W-O-R-T-H-Y, I am worthy. And you etch it in your brain. So it's we're, we're working with neuroplasticity. We're trying to like change an imprint. So you, you close your eyes and 10 times into your third eye, you just watch yourself draw or print the letters, I am worthy, or whatever the affirmation is that you came up with. Sometimes I look at the sky and I print it there, or I look at the grass or the sand, I've done it in bark, but what you're trying to do is take the affirmation and actually sear it into your brain. And you do it 10 times every day for a week or two, you start to feel it differently, and then you start to get signs from the universe that it's actually working, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I am worthy, or I am lovable, or whatever it is that you've that you've used that you think you're not and you've changed it around to be something empowering and positive you imprint it into your brain oh i like that i'm gonna try that because i think that i also all... use sticky notes on my mirror which you know by the time you work with me for a few weeks you could have an entire mirror of sticky notes like around like your face is in the middle but you got sticky notes framed <laughs> here because they really do help. And every time you go to the bathroom or brush your teeth or wash your face, you look up and you you read your affirmation. It's just reinforcement is what you're looking for. Well, I'm a big fan of the sticky note. I, I just reordered a bunch off Amazon, all different colors. Yeah, I like <laughs> I have them sti- too. I have sticky notes everywhere. It's so funny because I do uh, think that, I don't know, is it is it a cognitive thing? Like writing it down. That's why I like what you were just sharing with with the etching. I mean, I write things down. I have like I have a calendar. You know, we all have Outlook or whatever. But I mean, I still have a real paper thing that I write on, you know, so I remember. And and I think that's that's really helpful. You know, that's a great tip. So it's been so fun to chat with you. And I'll have to have you come back and and talk to the Unity crowd again, because I think what you're doing is so awesome. And, you know, your teachings are so empowering and you know, what you've learned from Debbie. I really love it. So people can go to nancypicardlifecoach.com and find out all about the course. And you said it's starting really soon, right? In the next couple of days. Uh, the course starts November 2nd. Um, but, you know, the cart, the cart closes. Like you're supposed to join before midnight on the 26th of November. And if you look at, um, if you go to my Instagram or my Facebook it's all over there too, all about the course and more information. And they can email me at nancy at nancypicardlifecoach.com and I can answer any questions that they have. Oh, that's so perfect. So check that out. Go to the website, pick up the book, and I think you're not going to regret this. You know, take some steps and you can have that bigger, better, braver life that you've wanted it's possible i've seen it it works nancy it's thank you out so there waiting for, it is it's out there waiting pandemic or no it's it's going to happen nancy thank you so much for joining me today it's thank you fun. so much for having me and i'd love to come back anytime thank you for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world